they had been born with. This was the family they had chosen. And the apartment in Hell's Kitchen was the safe haven that each of them needed in order to pursue her dreams. On the subway on the way to work the next day, Morgan saw mention of Max's restaurant on page six of the New York Post and smiled to herself as she read it. The few lines devoted to it talked about the great food and atmosphere and listed several of the actors, writers, dancers, and sports figures who hung out there. And, of course, they always mentioned Greg, her brother's partner, the hockey player. She read the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times every morning after going to the gym religiously at 6 a.m., but she liked glancing through the post and reading the gossip on page six for a little levity and spice and she knew who must have given them the information about the restaurant. She called her brother as soon as she got off the train and was walking from the station to work. Nice mention of the restaurant, Morgan complimented him when Oliver answered his cell. He had been in PR since graduating from Boston University with a degree in communications twelve years before, and was now a vice president at an important New York firm and had several well-known clients, mostly in sports. But he liked Max and did him a favor whenever he could. One of his clients, a pitcher for the Yankees, was mentioned on page six that morning, too. That was nice of you to do. She got along well with her brother. He was her only living relative, and they had been very close ever since their parents' deaths when they were both still young. Oliver and his partner had a nice apartment on the Upper East Side and loved to tease her for living in Hell's Kitchen, but they enjoyed visiting her at the loft and liked her roommates a lot. Oliver had come out and told her he was gay after their parents' deaths. He said he would never have dared while their father was alive. Their father had been a contractor when he was working and had been openly critical of gays, maybe because he suspected his son was. But Oliver was comfortable with who he was. At 35, he and Greg, his partner, had been together for seven years. Do you want to have dinner at the restaurant Saturday? Morgan asked her brother as she got to her office building. I'll check with Greg. He said something about a birthday party in Miami. If we're in town, I'd love it. I'll let you know. Sounds good. She blew him a kiss and hung up, and her thoughts turned instantly to work. She and George, her boss, had a meeting scheduled that morning with a new client who was looking to place a lot of money. George had been courting him for months. He had made some very profitable investments for one of the potential client's friends, and Morgan had done her homework for the meeting and had discussed George's plans for him at length. She had contributed several additional suggestions that George liked and was planning to present, too. They were a good team. George was a handsome, successful bachelor, but his relationship with Morgan had always been strictly business. He never played where he worked, which she respected about him. At 39, he was hotly pursued by every gold digger in New York, and some very nice women, too, some of them with a great deal of money. They felt safe with George since he had his own. He had made a fortune in recent years, and Morgan respected him for that. He was brilliant at what he did and deserved his success. She had learned a lot from him in the past three years. They never saw each other socially, but she enjoyed traveling with him. They went to some terrific places to see clients or check on investments. Paris, London, Tokyo, Hong Kong, Dubai. Her work life was a dream. It was another stressful day for Claire, with arguments with Walter about the quantity of shoes they should produce for their spring line. He always wanted to play it safe, both with production quantity and design. 
She wished he would give her more leeway, but he never did. By the time she got back to the apartment, Claire was seriously aggravated and wished she had the guts to quit. But she needed the money and didn't want to take a chance on being out of work while she looked or risking the job she had if she started looking and Walter heard about it and fired her. He had her back to the wall, and all she wanted to do was design more exciting shoes. As she dropped her keys onto the hall table and glanced at her mail, all bills and ads, everything else came to her by email or on Facebook, she noticed that Sasha was already home. She could see her lying on the couch, barefoot and in shorts, reading a magazine. Sasha glanced up at her and smiled, sipping a glass of wine, which meant she was off call, which was a relief for her. They finally gave you a break? She was happy for her. I'm not working this week, Sasha said vaguely, sipping her wine. Not since you.